0: Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly Drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content.
1: Yeah, basically we're just regular dudes drinking irregular beers, talking about some world-class magic.
0: Yeah, and that's the topic for today. We are breaking down the world championship for you and our uh, fantasy league that has officially ended.
1: Almost a year ago, man. Yeah,
0: I know. Holy crap. I can't believe it took that long. Um, but, uh, we stuck it, stuck it through or whatever. Anyway, uh, but first each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's
1: on tap? Okay. I have a beer called 20 hazy years from black Oak brewing. It's a new England IPA, six and a half percent. So black Oak, as far as I know, is like one of the kind of original craft brewers in Ontario. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's right here in Toronto. And so, well, I guess it's called 20 Hazy Years. So I guess this, they must have started in like 2001 or around there, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of when craft beer started hitting the scenes here. And this is uh, a beer they made to celebrate it. What I liked about it is it has oat and lactose. So for those in the know or not in the know, oat tends to make it more body forward when Mm -hmm. you put oats in your beer. Mm -hmm. And lactose, the reason you see lactose in all these IPAs is that, well, lactose is a sugar, right? But it's special because it doesn't ferment. So it leaves sweetness in your beer. It doesn't oh. ferment the sugar out into alcohol. And so it kind of makes it, like, creamy and sweet. So I thought those two could be an interesting combo. Very cool. I like that. That's a
0: nice little tidbit. Hey, very yeah. cool. Um, I have brought Dead and Dead from Rogue, which is over in, um, in the U.S. It's over in Oregon. Uh, and... Anyway, this is their Dead Guy Ale that's aged in Oak Dead Guy Whiskey barrel chips. Um, and uh, so using barrel chips, you can age things similarly as you would in, in an actual barrel. It just uh, works faster, basically. Um, yeah. Because there's more surface area. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it is a whopping 9.5%. Woo! Uh, yeah, did was that? not realize that when I picked it up from the store. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> We were going into it, and there is a nice picture of a skeleton that is in a barrel drinking beer, of course, obviously.
1: Yeah, you know, I can't believe we've never done this before. Because one of the interesting things is that Dead Guy Ale is the name of, like, an old deck. And so Dead Guy Ale used to always mean black, white, mid-range. So kind of like the this, like, low-to-the-ground black-white deck that would just one-for-one and kill you with their one and two drops. Okay. And as a mid-range deck. And the guys named it that because they liked Dead Guy Ale so much. That's oh. the only reason. <laughs> They're like testing team built this deck, loved Dead Guy Ale, probably drank it while testing, and called the deck that. Maybe the maybe the beer inspired the deck creation. I don't know. I think it might have even been like John Finkel, like those kind of guys back in the day. Oh wow! Um, so if you ever hear someone say I play, I'm playing Dead Guy Ale in Legacy or something, they mean black white Midrange. How we?
0: How did I not know that? And how did we <laughs> never do that before? Um, I know, right? So this is basically plus we love rogues. Yeah, I, I don't know. I love rogue. There was a brewery down the street from where I lived in San Francisco that was their kind of pop up brewery shop, or I guess mm-hmm. ale house or something. Um, so I used to go there all the time and have different ones. I don't think I've had this one before, um, but anyway, that's why I immediately saw the star and rogue and went to it. Um, but yeah, anyway, m- magic news. <sighs> Lots of it. Holy crap. Lots <laughs> of news, but that world championship was fucking exciting.
1: Oh, it was great. I watched pretty much all of it. Like I I was busy throughout the weekend, but I'd get home and watch the VODs, you know, before going to bed or something. A couple mm-hmm. hours here, a couple hours there. And I realized by the end, like normally I do stuff like that and then I kind of like, all right, I've seen enough. I get the gist. It's kind of cool. Maybe I'll tune back in for the finals, maybe not. But I realized I was just loving it and I watched everything. Yep. <laughs>
0: So that's, that's lucky for you because I had to um, work most of the weekend and uh, some other family obligations. So I wasn't be able to, I wasn't able to watch a bunch of it. Um, I did just mm-hmm. get to see a bunch of the draft and stuff at the beginning, but I was like just basically jumping on Twitch to see the scores because you don't have a really good way of checking scores when you're not watching it. Yeah. Um, so I was in and out of matches throughout the whole weekend and I went back and watched the important ones, but man was it really exciting and we're gonna dive a lot more into it um obviously that's what this whole episode is about but it was i knew i was excited for it but i loved it so much
1: yeah Um, that was that was one of the best tournaments i've watched in a a very long time in
0: a very long time maybe even the best i don't know uh anyway (laughs) Um, hey, if you didn't know, by the way, there's a, a standard arena open this weekend.
1: And if you didn't know, don't worry about it, because almost nobody knew, nope. except Arna Hushimbet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, right after Worlds, Arna was like, "Oh, by the way, there's an arena. There's like a standard open this weekend. So, if you didn't know, get ready." And everyone's like, "Wait, what?" And I was one of those people that was like,
1: "What?" Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned it to me that he tweeted that, and then I was just like browsing Twitch, and I saw his stream, and the title was, Just Top 16 Worlds, Now I'm Practicing for the Arena Open. (laughs) I was like, oh, nice.
0: Yeah, because, spoiler alert, ARNA did not do very well in Worlds. (laughs) Top Um, 16. Yeah, of 16 players. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Love to see it. Um, There was also a ban and restricted announcement that happened today, so... Mm
1: Jeff, what, what happened with that? Nothing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you mean, like, details. Uh, <laughs> so they're not making any changes to standard. They have acknowledged that they're keeping an eye on all Allrun's Epiphany and Asika's Chariot, which are two cards that people are complaining about. Some people think you should ban Epiphany, some people think you should ban both, and some people think you should ban neither. So uh, I don't think anyone is asking for just... Just Chariot and not banning <laughs> Epiphany, but other than that, all of the you know possibilities are being asked for. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said, listen, Crimson Vow's coming out soon. Um, we're going to see if that shakes up the metagame. If Alren's Epiphany and Isika's Chariot continue to be the only things you can really do, then we'll take action or we'll think about it.
0: Yeah. And I like that. I like that they're just saying, like, we've all thought of this for a while. Be like, they're probably just waiting. Yeah. And they officially just said, hey, we are waiting and um
1: deal with it <laughs> yes yeah, as soon as someone pointed that out to me because originally i was like oh yeah just get rid of them now you know we can already see that they're busted mm-hmm. but then i remembered that oh they're actually in an unusual like time frame right now there is a new set coming in like a few weeks yeah well, okay just wait then like yeah if it was going to be you know like zendikar rising where the next set call is like, time was coming out in January or like yeah, just, ditch, just ditch him now exactly and while you're at it throw Goldspan Dragon in there because <laughs> otherwise that's going to be the only card you can play yeah exactly but, um, I really like the decision as well I think that's the right move
0: yeah for sure
1: and and it makes me happy because it's like they think that something in Crimson Vow is going to be better than Alren's <laughs> Epiphany and a Seekers Chariot it's like holy shit we'll see <laughs> we're what reprinting we're reprinting Oko and Uro <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, you're welcome
0: i can't wait till the crimson vow card comes out and it uh unbanning Omnath kills all dragons or something
1: kills all dragons uh, players can't take extra turns for the rest of the game <laughs> <laughs> Just, that would be the worst card the token um, would be created yeah. instead you create the token yeah <laughs> <laughs> hard counters all of them <laughs> oh my god So dumb. Um, But there was some
0: shakeups in Historic, which I forgot was the format, because I haven't been playing it at all.
1: Yeah, I've just been really into Limited, and and I'm cooling off a bit on Limited now, and then moving more into Standard, but I I was just playing a ton of draft.
0: Same, same. Uh, So, yeah, I I haven't really played Historic since, you know, back in, uh, I can't even remember the last time I played. So, anyway, uh, there are some bans there and suspensions. So, Tybalt's Trickery is banned in Historic. And Brainstorm is officially banned now from Suspended, uh, which is good, which means you get wild cards. However, Memory Lapse is also suspended in Historic, which means rah, rah, no wild cards there. But, you know, if the directory is the Thank same God as Brainstorm. No. Memory
1: Lapse is so annoying. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, so I think it's time to to move away from like, is it in Jeskai decks and get something else going in there. Um, could be a big mm-hmm. reason why I haven't played. So
1: Yeah, and Tybalt's trickery, like, I don't know. I haven't played, like you. I haven't played in a while. But there's there's just no games of Magic that are super fun that involve Tybalt's trickery for the opponent. Like, maybe the person who's playing it loves that on turn two. They just win the game because they had this card. But, you know, everyone else is not having fun. So whether it was too powerful or not, I'm just happy. Like, yeah, we just don't need those decks to be around.
0: Yeah, because they, they added that one card from Modern Horizons 2 that, like... It's the format of red spell that cascades into something, it, and so all it does
1: is cascade, right? It, it has like cascade and flashback, or, or like retreat. Retreat I mean, even worse. Yeah. <laughs> even worse, that's retrace. Yeah, so
0: it literally yeah. cascades into Tybalt's trickery that then does the thing. So it means that you have a bunch of extra copies of Tibble's trickery in your deck. It's really annoying. Um, so anyway, so I'm glad that yeah. those you know they had to go. It's good, had to go. Um, but the more exciting stuff, Jeff, we're finally getting to do this. Hey, talked about this for a while but it's happening
1: yeah they are nerfing and buffing cards they are changing cards here we go that's huge that's huge like that doesn't sound like a big deal to any of our listeners that came from other digital games because every digital game does this this is the first time magic has ever done that like they've errated cards that were obviously printed wrong that's a different story like it was meant to say something and there's a printer error They're like, all right, well, your card doesn't actually do that. Obviously, yeah, it does this. Or like, makes sense.
0: They'll do little flavor things where they add creature types afterwards and stuff.
1: Yeah, like something that was obviously, you know, a wolf, but they didn't have, or like a dog or whatever. They didn't have dogs in the game at that time. Mm -hmm. So they've now errated it to be a dog. The big one they did,
0: yeah, the one they did recently is like the Phyrexians all are Phyrexian now as a creature type, which before it wasn't. Right. Which is
1: like not confusing at all because it's usually like in the card's name. Almost always. Yeah, this is a Phyrexian. Yeah, obviously.
0: Um, But now they are going to do what they said they would do with the uh, digital only cards. Is they're going to errata a few of them. And uh, most of it is just to stop degenerate combo stuff or buff little things that could be better which i think all of the changes seem great to me so
1: yep also they all seem reasonable again i haven't played so i don't know if they were warranted but obviously you're mentioning davriel or alluding to davriel's withering mm-hmm. which can now only target an opponent's creature so like basically it's like you have to use this card as it was intended and not for your dumb Esper Lark combo exactly and then for flavor reasons davriel's ability is changed to do that as well because it's Davril's withering. Yeah,
0: and I think also to do similar things. But
1: um, yeah, that'd be such an unreliable combo though because you <laughs> you have to get the four mana. Like that would be a lot worse. Oh, and probably for sure, not a, not an issue. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, it's uh, they aren't huge things. The rest of them are just barely changing. It's like Faceless Agent is now a two two instead of a two one. So it helps a little bit. Yeah, I
1: like the buffs, right? Mm-hmm. Like the buff to Sarkhan is cool. Yeah. It's like, it's, hey, nobody's playing this card. Let's make it a little better. Yeah,
0: which is awesome. It's like, hey, it's just like the, the plus zero ability on Sarkhan that gets you a Shivan Dragon. Well, now it's plus one. So then you don't. Right. It's not a downside to get a Shivan Dragon because it shouldn't be a downside to put a Shivan Dragon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it makes
1: more sense as a plus one. For exactly.
0: Sure. So um, overall, I'm happy with them and excited to see what the other ones are like. Uh, and keep them coming. It did say in the article, though, that they are working towards, like, rebalancing other cards possibly in the future. They don't know how they're going to do it logistically, but this might be the beginning of Arena having, like, the cards in Arena will be different than the physical cards. That's kind of where we're going. Yeah,
1: so (coughs) there was one thing where they said, um, they basically said, we will only be rebalancing the digital-only cards for now. Like they explicitly put for now in that sentence, which I was like, oh, hoo, 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 hoo. that means that they are leaving themselves open to changing the arena version of a card and the print version behaving differently. But they did say that like standard will be the same, right? Like standard, they said standard will be the same. Mm-hmm. The print formats like standard will continue to work exactly like they do in tabletop. So is there going to be like, a historic version of a card and a standard version. Probably not. They're probably only going to change historic only cards, even if they have paper equivalents.
0: Yeah. Which means it would really just affect, maybe it would affect like your historic deck and then your commander deck or something. Maybe right. it wouldn't be like just rotated standard cards. Maybe they won't do unless it's like, Oh, let's fix a band card and then we'll try to fix it. Um, which I'm also okay with. So I don't know. Bring it on.
1: Because they tried that whole thing with the, like, rebalanced band cards. Yeah, in the summertime. However long ago, yeah. Yeah. I didn't play it, so I don't know how it was received. I
0: also didn't play it. It didn't seem that exciting to me. But um, if they released them for a a period of time that was longer than, like, two days, maybe. um,
1: And the idea was kind of flawed to me because it's, like, when they put it up, everyone was, like, we had just finished playing against Oko and Teferi. And now they're like, hey, do you want to try this format where you can still play against those cards, but they're kind of a little bit worse? Like, no, I just don't want to play against those cards. Okay. I I don't even care if they suck now. I just don't want to see that card on the other side of the battlefield for a long time. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, uh, so yeah, (laughs) there we go. Um, but, uh, big, big news. Happy we actually got to see the news, which is yeah,
1: unusual for us. Usually
0: (laughs) this would be a tweet tomorrow morning. Um, Anyway, I do actually have some Twitter drama. I This was big Uh-oh. on the weekend.
1: It's been a while. for the, Yeah. yeah. So this I actually is, saw this, so I'm yeah. glad you put
0: it in. <laughs> uh, so we have some Twitter tweets this week. Um, big news. We're not really jumping on anybody's side because there's a, obviously... It's just fun to talk about if you don't know what happened. But it made the weekend a little bit more spicy and exciting. For me, at least. Just watching it unfold.
1: I'm kind of on like, both people's sides in, in a way, right? Like, yeah. There's sides anyways you tell it and then i'll
0: exactly uh so basically um andre strosky had just become six and oh on the weekend so he started out three and oh in the draft and then just blazing mm-hmm. through standard and he was one match away from becoming seven and oh and going straight to the top four so this is huge so spoiler alert andre strosky did very well. Obviously, I'm telling you right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, before his last match on Twitter, this this person... I don't know how to pronounce their name. It's like Zan... Zan Said. Zan Saeed. Uh, seems to be a famous uh, MTG grinder. Uh, played a lot of MTGO, I think, and is on arena and plays a lot and is a good player. Like a, a strong mythic He was player. big
1: on the Star City Games circuit. Okay. Um, so actually... Because of COVID, they didn't have a Star City Invitational last year or whatever. So technically, he's the reigning Star City Invitational champion.
0: Oh, interesting. Because he
1: won it in like 2019 or
0: whatever. Okay. See, I didn't know a lot of this. So to me, he seemed like just a random person. And then people were telling me... He's that really he good. Really good. He's very good. Um, but anyway, so he adds Andre Strasky, just to give him a heads up, kind of. But he says, uh, and I quote... At Andre Straske, please stop boarding out your burn down the house in the mono green matchup. Goldspan Dragon is trash. Which, whew, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. Aggressive. It's aggressive <laughs> to give the six and O player tips or basically uh, telling them they're playing wrong while they're doing so yeah. well.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you've ever like seen Zai- Zan, he's kind of like that though. Mm-hmm. Like, he j- he just says what he thinks and he's not. Yeah, he's not afraid to like. I think when the deck lists came in, I saw on his stream that he was like, "The Grixis deck is trash, and the Czech deck is the best deck in the in the field." Mm-hmm. You know, and he's just willing. Everything else is garbage, and this deck is the best. And you see, you'll see this deck is gonna do the best. So. <laughs> but then now <laughs> he's, he's just like prone to that kind of. Thing.
0: Okay, well, um, just hilarious to me and i don't know it was, if
1: it's for ratings or whatever oh, like because people enjoy it right like whatever uh, exactly and he he does have the skills to back it up which i think a lot of people that were commenting on this were like it's like no he's not as good as andre strosky but he's very good
0: yeah so um anyway so andre does quote the tweet so everyone gets to see and then he just says thank you now that i have this information i will be unstoppable which i thought was a hilarious way to, to yeah can i just and... say
1: i love that response like and people are i've seen people complaining like oh he shouldn't have dunked on Zan like that i was like did he though i thought it was just a really funny response
0: yeah it was like i'm acknowledging what you're saying and thank you for it and
1: and the best part is he did like the flexing emoji <laughs> yeah <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny <laughs> Oh my! This is a God. perfect response. Yeah, and like he was, he wasn't being that aggressive. Like this isn't as aggressive as as Zan's tweet.
0: Exactly, was. <laughs> and he kind of deflected it. And he's also on a high at the moment. So basically, in between yeah, those yeah. things, he like um, is six and zero, oh, tweets this back, and then goes and smashes the next match. Goes seven and zero. Oh, goes straight to the top four, and is having a fucking ball.
1: Was his next match against Mono Green? Do you know? I, I really wish like I can't remember. I hope he like boarded in Goldspan Dragon, explicitly <laughs> like showed that on camera. <laughs> I'm pretty sure his
0: last match was not against Mono Green. Um, yeah, I can't think of who out. it would be. Right? I, I like, can't it would remember have been
1: Sam. It w- and Sam was the only one in contention at that point. So. Yeah,
0: I don't think it was Sam. Um, it was Nori- No, because he beat Sam earlier. Yeah, so. it was Nori Kumori was his last match. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, so he
1: never played against Mono Green again in the rest of the event. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so,
0: um, which, you know, later on, and then the, the thing that was more controversial is that everybody started dunking on, uh, Zan and saying, Oh, imagine being a blah, blah, blah
1: player and blah, all this kind of stuff and being
0: more rude and mean about it. Yeah. Um, and and then... that's
1: the part I didn't like, like there were some big names that I'm not going to like throw out, but they mm. were just, they made some tweets that's kind of surprised me where I'm like, wow, that's like unnecessarily rude. Exactly. And they're
0: also doing like, it, like, on company time and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. there's... Anyway, it doesn't matter. We don't really get into all that. But I just thought those two tweets together was really made that was for great. some fun yeah. uh, fun drama on the weekend, which I liked. Um, yeah. Also, some drama that I uh, did not like, which uh, I, I just... We have a, to do a quick thing of a Zach fucked up uh, thing. Um, just because last week I was pronouncing... Um, kesuke Sato's name wrong i just kept saying um uh, kaisuke and that's my bad uh so it's kesuke sato i will be better kesuke at this sato. it's kesuke sato anyway <laughs> that's a lot of magic news but i am ready to get into the results of the world championship let's do it okay now uh Jeff, should we just start off with, like, the tournament or our, our fantasy teams? I think people want to know more about our fantasy teams, probably. That's the most important Oh, yeah, they thing.
1: definitely want to know yeah. exactly how many points each player on our fantasy team got and have no interest in who won.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So how about, I, I'll say my, they, my team first and yeah. um, some of the, the the scores and things that I had. Um, so I picked uh, Gabriel Nassif first, who was playing Grixis Epiphany, and then in draft he ended up playing Azorius. But overall, he only got four wins, um, which was very disappointing. I also chose him as my champion to get the things, and I didn't get mm-hmm. many things, so that was a bummer. <laughs> um, and then I was—I uh, had Sam Pardee on Mono Green and Orzov in Draft, and he got me six points, so pretty good. He was also in contention to go to the top four, but he did not make it there, unfortunately. Uh, for me because
1: uh, of the next player uh, beat ja- him three times yeah jean-emmanuel <laughs>
0: depra uh was playing moist gruel and also naya in the draft uh he got me nine total points which is great because he did make the top four because he beat sam Pardi in the tiebreaker match
1: and also twice before that it was like some <laughs> of sam's losses and then in the tiebreaker match beat him again so it's just
0: like but just punching him down. We'll see later that that also similar thing happened to Jean-Emmanuel Pra with somebody else. So uh, (laughs) it kind of comes around, you know, it's fine. Um, Matt Sperling also in contention. So these, these last three players have been pretty good for me. Uh, Grixis Epiphany in standard and Demir in uh, draft. And he got me six points as well. Also went to tiebreakers and did not make it Um, rough. Uh, And then these next players just, uh, Slowly going downhill. Uh, Yoshihiko Ikawa with Mono White and Azorius in draft with five points overall. Arna Hushinbet, who we talked about, is it Epiphany, and got a buy. He got a buy because he was doing so badly. Uh, mm-hmm. He played Gruul in the draft, and I got two points from him. And then Stanislav Sivka, who is is it Epiphany, and Rakdos in the draft got me four points. And then Kes with is it Epiphany
1: and Rakdos in the draft got me three. Who also got a buy because he did so badly. yeah so for those who are wondering about the buys basically what happens is once you get seven wins you're in and so since a certain player who we'll get to in a minute uh, got to seven wins so quickly that meant that there were only 15 players still competing and so what they do is they just give a free win or a buy to whoever is essentially mathematically eliminated right like in 10 rounds you already have four losses you cannot get to seven wins Yeah, exactly. So they just, here you go, that's a buy. um, To even, because obviously with an odd number, you can't pair everyone into matches.
0: Exactly. Um, So we went through, made sure that the players that got buys did not get points for winning those matches. And also the player that was giving out the buys also did not get those points for the matches.
1: I feel like we should have just counted buys as wins, you know. No, because it would have helped you, because
0: I only had two of the players with buys and then, yeah, well,
1: <clears throat> you know, I, I had the guy giving out all the buys. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, in total from all my players, I got a whopping 39 points, which is not the worst. Um, Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. Um, however, would you
1: like to talk about your team? I think uh, you, you might want to. Yes, I would. I would love to. Mm-hmm. So my first few, uh, Zach's first few picks seemed really good. And mine seem less good, so <laughs> hold on to your hats here. Um, PVDDR, Paolo, Paolo Vitor Damo de Rosa, my champion, played Mono Green in Standard and Orzov in Draft, got me only four points. So I feel mm-hmm. you on the champion you picked only getting four points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also did not get lots of stuff. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, then I picked Seth Manfield, because Seth is a great drafter and a great Standard player. Seth only got me two points. And like some of your players, he was awarded a buy for that performance, Whoa. which we didn't count. Then we started to pick up a yeah, bit. Just, Ray Sato I, wait, I
0: just want to jump in really quick. Sorry. Um, yeah. I just, I just want to say that you were really poised to take these Mono Green players. And um, <laughs> how did it work out for you?
1: How did how did it work out that I got the, I mean, I got the
0: best, best Mono Green <laughs> player? So that does make me feel yeah. good. That,
1: uh yeah i mean i i almost picked sam uh higher over, over seth <laughs> because he's just been on such a heater that's like, true he won the the whole championship and then in the qualifying thing he like dominated mm. it and i was like i think set sam is just in a state where he's like practicing a lot playing a lot of magic and is just He's locked in. Great.
0: He's hungry, right? That's what I was talking about last week. And,
1: and as you saw, like he almost top 4 this event. He was very close. He was so,
0: very yeah. close. Multiple times. So, yeah. Uh, but sorry, continue.
1: But yes, Mono Green may not have been the best deck to target uh, with picks for this, this uh, <laughs> event. <but laughs> anyways, this we had Ray Sato on Mono White in Standard Teamer in Draft. And he actually did well with that Teamer deck. Get yeah. 2-1. Losing only to PV. He got me five points. Eli Cassis was on the Grixis uh, Lear deck, and he was playing Demir in draft, uh, which is where you want to be. He lost in the finals of draft. He got me six points. Andrei Straski, who is my best-performing uh, regular rounds player, playing it Epiphany in standard, he drafted Orzov seven points, and... Uh, I think we should have warned up those bonus points for, like, 7 and 0. Oh, but, uh, all right. Well, we'll stick to 7 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, 7 we'll, and 0, oh, straight into the top four. <laughs> had a monster. Monster uh, day one and day two. Mm-hmm. Next up, Noruyuki Mori, Azorius Tempo in standard. Bant in uh, a lot of three-color decks. In draft, yeah. he got me four points. Uh, Jan Merkel, another Grixis Lear player. And he played Demir. In draft, you got me eight points. Not too shabby. And then Yuta Takahashi, my last pick. uh, Is it Dragons in standard? Teamer in draft, 10 points. Oh, man. That put me up to a grand total, for those counting along, of 46. (sighs) we have a winner excited very excited for this i would just like to thank my friends and family who supported me through this long and arduous process Uh, my wife julia was there every step of the way you know helping me with my draft orders and and stuff (laughs) Um, she tried to warn me against backing mono green but i insisted uh, but we got there anyways. She was like, "Put you to Takahashi in your in your back pocket. Save him for the end. Really talk shit about his deck going into it, so that Zach is thrown off the scent. You know, the the whole strategy was executed perfectly. And uh, you know, it's just it's just a beautiful beautiful time to be alive.
0: Oh, all right. So for those of you who don't know, this means that Jeff has won. How many yes. how many things is this? How many weeks have we done this? events this is
1: the eighth? eighth event because we did six we were three and three and then we tied the seventh one so we tried to do a best of seven right and it didn't work because we tied
0: so you <laughs> have won 4.5 events wow <laughs> pushing you over the top getting you there you won worlds you you're measly 3.5 we used to say that you won league weekends and i would win championships but you won worlds, worlds. <laughs> so there you go
1: there you go we didn't know who was the world's winner mm-hmm. so <laughs>
0: So now, um, I don't know at what point you're going to get it, but uh, I will award Jeff with a weird two-four of beer, which is 24 randomly selected, I mean, sorry, uh, specifically curated beers that are supposed <laughs> right. to be yeah. paired with <laughs> other beers. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have a beer sheet of all my highest rated beers. So,
0: mm-hmm. so, so we also have a beer that. sheet with your lowest rated beers. So that's good, too.
1: Well, yeah, it's the same sheet, I guess. It is. It's just
0: uh, <laughs> the same sheet. Um... But as you could kind of tell, uh, Jeff had some really good players and also had three players that made the top four, while I only had one player that made the top four.
1: That's right. It all came down to that Merkel versus Sperling uh, winning in there to the top four. Yeah.
0: So this weekend was also extremely exciting because we were doing this. Also because most of the time I would be watching a match and be like, oh, I really want this person to win. And then I'd be like, oh, shit. No, no, no. Sorry. Um, I'm rooting for the other player because they're the one who's going to get me points on my team. Never right, mind. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flip it around. I don't want to watch this deck do well. I want to see the other person do really well.
1: That's how I felt in the top four. I was like, mm-hmm. I really wanted Dupra to do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, once he was in the lower bracket, but then I'm like, wait, I don't want him to do well, though. But I think by that point, because I had three in the top four, I just didn't care about it anymore. I was like, I probably got it. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, it was fun the whole time, like... We had a lot of our players playing each other, mm-hmm. and you were like less pumped for those matches than when I, my player was playing your players. Like, oh, this is a doozy. This is yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> You're like, here we go.
0: Um, but uh, you know, there's no spoilers in sports, but we haven't really said it yet officially. But um, Jeff, who won the world championship?
1: All right, your current Magic World Champion, who will be getting their face or likeness, I should say, on a magic card, is Yuta Takahashi.
0: Oh, my God. Stellar performance. Amazing.
1: Absolutely
0: yeah. just phenomenal. That,
1: that was just, like, the coolest story, man. It's... For those who don't know Yuta, like, he's been a grinder for so long, like, always winning in the Japanese Grand Prixs, coming across to America to whip our asses occasionally, and, uh, you know just what like 20 years that he's been just a dominant force in the competitive scene and the best thing about him is he's not a meta deck kind of guy he brings decks he likes Mm -hmm. and he just plays well with them even if the rest of the community doesn't consider them the top deck and you could even say he did that here right
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely we were talking about it all last week about his is it dragons seemed like a ridiculous deck to bring and we're just like why would you bring this and the, the fairy tale story, which is kind of the joke is there, fairy tale, is that he's a fairies player, um, and so it's a fairy tale. Uh, but he went 0 and three in the draft, which meant he needed to go seven and0 in standard to make top four, however, like really good because otherwise his breakers would have been pretty bad. And he, right. and he did. He, he went 7-0 in standard, made it to top four, and then did it again. He never <laughs> he lost a it. match.
1: In standard, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. He never lost a match. No, he did not lose a match in standard. Yeah. That's he insane. went eleven and zero in standard matches. That's ridiculous. after going zero and three in draft. <sighs> it was amazing, it was and amazing. when he went seven and zero to qualify, like just imagine that. You know, he came in and he said, "You know, I'm not that good at draft, mm-hmm. but I am confident in my standard abilities." Yeah, and he goes zero oh, three in draft. Like you're hoping to come out two one. Or and 1-2, you'd be like, all right, I got some work to do. Yeah. Oh, three is soul crushing because yeah. it's like you lose a single match, you're out. He rattled it off, somehow pulled it off, went 7-0. And, oh, and then his emotion, like they caught it on camera after that match. And he <sighs> just went crazy. And that's that was one of the best moments of the tournament.
0: That's the best moment in Magic I've probably ever seen. You know?
1: Yeah, it was crazy. It
0: was him just like realizing what happened. And then he's yelling, yadda! It was so cool. Yeah. It
1: was uh, it, and like thirty seconds before, just laser focus. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's also like really early in the morning for him, right? So he's up. Like oh yeah, so like you're also exhausted right? because you're in Japan and everything's all screwed up. And man, he it was very inspirational. And if you haven't seen those things, they've been flying all around. Um, but it's really worth watching some of those moments because it really brings the life into magic being like, Oh man, it means so much. Yeah. And he like bought himself a beta black Lotus to give him luck with, with, right. Yeah. Basically with, <laughs> with his, the world's money. Cause they yeah.
1: promised everyone the 50 grand or whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: So he was like, I'm just going to buy a beta black Lotus cause I've wanted one and it's going to give me power to win. And then it, and then he yeah. did.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. I mean,
1: unbelievable goldspan almost gives you a black Lotus, but not quite. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Almost, you're right. You're right, um, but wow, just phenomenal. Uh, also, Andre Strasky, you know, goes seven zero, hasn't lost a match, then goes into the top four and loses the first two matches, and he's out.
1: That's the way it goes sometimes. You'd prefer your losses be in the Swiss, I guess.
0: Yeah, you'd rather get your losses at the beginning than at the end, right? Still would have so. made
1: it at seven and two.
0: Yeah, so. anyway jeff i think we should uh take a beer break before we dive deeper into the yeah we needed to tell
1: you who won Mm -hmm. but uh i'm also at a beer so let's let's grab another beer and and tell you exactly how he won in more detail
0: getting these uh 20 hazy years oh yes
1: and i have my uh super black white mid-range here yeah (laughs) <laughs> Double black, white, mid-range.
0: Double black, white, mid-range. What? That's almost like we're talking about the draft that happened this
1: weekend. <laughs> do you like that? <laughs> Very good segue.
0: Yeah. So the segue works out to black, white was actually really good this this uh, last weekend. Um, yes. So I do want to talk about the draft portion of this because we've been really excited about worlds and draft. Uh, so I think it's important to spend some time on it because we want to see more high-level draft. I want more Definitely. limited from professional players. I want it. And it was fantastic to me. I think a lot of people were complaining about it online for whatever reason, but I found it great. Did you like it? I, I, I loved
1: it. I loved it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I didn't log into Twitter, so I haven't seen uh, what the complaints could possibly be, but I thought it was great. Um, yeah, it was really enjoyable to watch, mm-hmm. uh, and I liked that we were watching my two players. Draft. That was nice. Okay,
0: so how they ran it down is that this is this is my number one complaint. I want to say, is that um they they do this all the time whenever they're doing drafts. Is where they they specifically pick one player to follow all their draft picks so we know the story easier. Um, mm-hmm. so we had uh, Paulo in the first pod. We were following his cards and saw him draft. And then the next pod, we had Seth Manfield and we followed his picks, um, which is great for coverage. I think, um, well, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to watch one deck come together and that's what we're used to and all that kind of stuff. And then they, in between, they would kind of cut to what the table was doing and what their primary colors were to see kind of how things are shaping up. But I did want to say that on Sunday... There's a portion of the commentary where all they're talking about is how amazing it was to watch all the players draft at the same time from all the different <laughs> screens. And I was like,
1: what the fuck? Why? If you. So that's like an inside joke between four of you that none of us got to experience. Yeah. And so
0: they show like a clip of it. They're like, so this is what we were watching. It's kind of hard to see, but like it was amazing to watch this happen. Like it was so fun to be able to do that. I was like, why the fuck? if you could do that, were you not letting us see that?
1: Just broadcast that on like a separate channel, like Magic if, Two or something. Yeah,
0: exactly. like why can't I just sit and watch the packs go around and like have a, a viewing party on Twitch about it or something? Wouldn't that be cool? Mm-hmm. and you can and you can or you can like multi-twitch with Paolo to see what's coming up and stuff like that like, it just seemed crazy to me that, like, that's what I've wanted. We talked about this, like, the first time yeah. we were doing these fantasy things, that we wanted the red zone for draft. And yeah. that's what they made. And they didn't let us It'd watch be great.
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> they made it for, like, the casters so that they knew, so that they could grade all the decks or something. Yeah. Like... That was
0: another thing. Okay, so I have some critique. I don't, I don't want to get too much into the casters, but I think we're kind of there at the moment. Um... But there were some things about the draft that I think we could be improved on. It is nice. We had some good graphics of like what the table was and all the players, uh, what they looked like, obviously, and what they were playing and what they were working towards. But number one, I wish we could see everyone draft at the same time so we can mm-hmm. see all the packs in real time as like at least an option or something they would cut to every once in a while um, could be nice instead of just yeah. the table and the commentators saying things. But also, the commentators were just ranking decks based on what they thought, obviously, um, which is a normal NFL thing to do. If you're watching Sunday football or like a Thursday night football or something, they will have all the people that are, the I don't know, sports people. They're not really the commentators because it's not the actual two people commentating the game, but it's the halftime show or whatever. They're all talking about who they think is going to win. So... They do that in Magic, which is fine. But like rating the decks just missed, I think, a lot. And there was a lot of talk about it throughout it. I was hoping they would have maybe somebody else come in and rate them if they wanted to do that. Or go to Twitter, where all of the other pros who didn't make it to Worlds were like, these are my rankings of the decks. Because this is what I think. And they were drastically different. Like, Mike Sigrist was doing this. Like, Kai Buddha, I think, was in, in talking with people... Twitter was a blaze of like all these pros saying, "Yeah,
1: like like what did Mike Sigrist, one of widely regarded to be one of the best limited players in the world." Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also get, you know, maybe Ben Stark said, "I really like this person's deck" or something. Mm-hmm. Like LSV obviously has a whole podcast about limited Magic. Played a ton of the sets, hit Mythic number one. You know, like yeah, let's ask these guys what they think, maybe. Um, and like, no offense to Corey, he was the limited expert. I just remember thinking that was weird because Corey is a great player, but he's known for his standard skill. Like he's mm-hmm. always done super well in constructed. Maybe I'm sure he's a great limited player too, but it's like that's not what he's known for. It's kind of weird to have selected him yeah. as the limited expert. Player.
0: And I think Corey's a great he I really like listening to him and he's a great like guy and I think a great magic player. But it's another one of those just kind of it's interesting why you're in this role. I'm I don't mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly, yeah. It's like, I, I always think of, at least my impression of you is that you're a great standard player. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember he'd be at Pro Tours and he'd like 0-3 oh, the draft and then, you know, really ha- have a hot standard run and be in contention or whatever. Like, kind of like Yuta, yeah. basically.
0: <laughs> so, um, interesting stuff with that. Uh, but I do think there is a bit of, like, filler where we could have gone back and listened to people talk about their decks. Like, I wish we had more... Segments where players were talking about why they made the choices they made in the what colors and those kinds of things, besides just the one player we were following, which PV was awesome. It was great to watch him draft, and his deck really came together, I think, and was really interesting. And he himself has put out a video on his YouTube channel breaking down the whole draft, telling you exactly what oh, he was thinking.
1: I need to watch that because I watched that draft and I have, I have some thoughts, but I thought overall he drafted it really well and it's a tough,
0: tough seat. It was Holy a really shit. tough seat because when we jump back <coughs> um, in through pack two, we realized that he's a white-black player or drafter, but so are two other people at the table or, were drafting white-black. Mm-hmm. He's sitting next to a white drafter. I think um, um, Yoshiki Okawa is right next to him who ended up being white-blue. Yeah. Um, the table ended up having only four black drafters, but at that moment, I think there were five until De prod decided he was going to do Naya.
1: Right. And you say only four, like that's a lot of people it's, to be drafting, but well, I know black's deep in this, but like it's blue not and that. black are deep, but they, they both had four drafters here. That's it's, crazy.
0: It's crazy. So that was really interesting to hear later. So uh, I'll, I'll link the. Uh, you uh pv's uh breakdown of his draft in the show notes because it is a really interesting video and it's definitely worth watching
1: so i was kind of thinking that he could take the um what's the the red spell that makes a an elemental token or whatever that's Uh, the storm uh yeah i don't know if that's the right pick to start Mm -hmm. off the draft but i've been impressed with those red spells decks more and more And he would have ended up with, like, three or four of them. He would. As it turns out. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And uh, he also... That would have been a
1: ballsy move, though, to first pick that. He
0: definitely inspired me to draft more colors and separate my cards in colors quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was fun to watch them actually, how they break things down and how they're breaking things apart at the beginning, sorting cards into colors, and then at a certain point deciding and then sorting them by CMC and stuff. Um, so that was really helpful. I
1: wish Ar- I wish Arena had an auto-sort for that, though. I should be like, okay, auto-sort CMC now. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is I sort them CMC and then I double-click something and it just goes into a random spot. And I'm like, I should be able, like, on Magic Online, I could tell you I want them sorted CMC. Now I want them sorted color. Now I want them sorted mm-hmm. by rarity. You know, like, you could just do that. So.
0: Yeah, that's true. That would be great. I would also love that. I wish that I... And would you could just, do
1: it in Arena too, just not while you're drafting for some reason.
0: Yeah. I wish that you could also separate it into like uh, CMC creatures and CMC spells underneath. Because that's how I right. usually, when I'm breaking my deck down in paper, I'll do it like that. So I can do both at the same time. But anyway... I
1: do the thing where I like move the spell to where I think I'm approximately going to be casting, casting it. it <laughs> <in>. <laughs> exactly.
0: You're like, oh, this is an X spell... Hmm, where do I think realistically I'll be casting this? Is it going to fit in which one? Or it's like a two-mana
1: removal spell is pretty unlikely to be cast on turn two. That's mm-hmm. more like turn five, four yeah. or five. I'm going to so, cast that and a two-drop or that and a three-drop. Exactly. So.
0: Um, so those kinds of things. But um, I loved watching the draft. That was fantastic. But again, I wish we could have seen more. I really wish that Jean-Emmanuel could tell me why he was going the way he did. What happened? I want to see more of that draft. Cause that was, he was playing, he was hard and white and then he went white black and then he switched to Naya. And I'm like, what happened? Like, what was the card that pushed yeah. you over? What did you have before? Like it was burned
1: down the house.
0: Oh, was it?
1: Yeah. He um, opened burned down the house and he was getting squeezed from both sides on white black. So yeah, exactly. Uh, but I want, yeah, I want to see the, the his draft because, um, uh, like you're saying, they would just show, oh, white, oh, white, black. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wow, everyone's white, black around him. Like, that can't be good for him. Uh, so I wonder how many, like, he probably had a few red cards, a few green cards, and then more white and black cards than exactly. anything like, else. And so they just put they, him white, black. But, but maybe
0: he wasn't really white, black. He just had a lot of black cards that he was pulling. Anyway. Right. I, like, that's just what I wanted to see. And not only that, but I wanted a cutaway to, because this is, we're kind of talking about coverage at this moment, but I mm-hmm. There was a lot of coverage of like how players got to worlds and those stories. And it's like, yeah, those would have been nice if they were just posted on Twitter or something. But like during the actual worlds, I don't I don't need you to show me clips of how Tom Brady got to the Super Bowl during the Super Bowl. I already know. Like, don't show me old videos of, of Tom Brady throwing touchdowns. I don't need to see that. I wanna see you breaking down what's happening right now. That's all I care about, you know? And there was a lot of like, this is how this player got here, which I know, I know it's because a lot of people don't know how they got there. Right. And I get that.
1: While I was watching, I think Martin Musa posted a comment mm-hmm. that was like, uh, <laughs> in the Twitch chat, that was just like, so is there going to be any magic played on this stream that's more recent than six months ago? Or yeah.
0: is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's. It... <laughs> It's just like we could have cut to like more live games. We could have cut into stuff that didn't have commentary that was during the breaks. Um, We could have cut to players talking about the draft decks that they had just made and literally be like, you have to put a one minute video of you talking about your deck and they just do it by (laughs) themselves without somebody coaching them on what to say. It's possible. So
1: So I remember like... I was watching, I was maybe 13 or something. I, it was Champions of Kamigawa, mm-hmm. So it was that pro tour. But they had a thing where you would go to their website and it has like a graphic that's a draft uh, pod and all the players. And you could mm-hmm. click and you could be like, this was their first pack. And you, they chose this. And you could like hide their selection to try to pick yourself and then reveal selection. And then you could move to the next player down the table. And it was like an interactive thing where I could just see every card they opened, what they took. If I wanted that information hidden, I could get it revealed to me at a time. Um, And I was like, that was so cool. And I was like, that was like 15 years ago. Why didn't we have something like that now?
0: like why can't they have an overlay that does that or why like, can't I would have
1: been that would have been acceptable to me that, to me that would've been like okay sure i hope that i could go watch it or something mm-hmm. with the you know modern advancements of technology i could watch like even though they're not the mainstream there's like a video on their website where i can go watch uh, jean emmanuel de draft yeah. if i wanted to
0: or even like this th- th- this week go back and like well i want to learn from the pros who just did this yeah i want to see where they were in overall they all said that they had a fairly low powered uh like low yeah they powered, opened
1: with, some bad packs
0: some <laughs> really low powered packs and it was like what is it like doing that how can you make the best deck of that um what does it mean to be in a low powered pa- like all that kind of stuff of like why do you feel this way is it because you're not passing anything that you feel is really good is that you know all that kind of stuff. I just wanted a little bit more, even just from people talking about it in between yeah. stuff instead of more old footage of things from past the stuff <laughs> or like weird trivia things that don't matter, you know?
1: And the last thing I'll say about it, cause it sounds like we're super critical, but I actually loved it. And this is just like, I want it to be even better and I want, it, I want other people to appreciate it. it yes. You know?
0: Yeah. That's, you're definitely right. And this is, from a place of love where I want it to be the best it can be. And I think we have some really good ideas about how it could be better. And that's why I want to talk yeah. about it. Because I want more people to realize how great it can be. And it was so fun to even watch PV Draft on a world stage against these players. Who are sending real signals on purpose. Like they know what they're doing. Like all of these things are on purpose. Totally. So And
1: like Seth Manfield too. Like his draft was... Ended up being a train wreck. But it's interesting. It's like, it doesn't just happen to me. Yeah, it <laughs> happens
0: on... Like, it can be... This is
1: one of the best players in the world. Yeah. And it happened to him, too. Yeah. He got train wrecked in the draft. I also want to... I want
0: to watch Yuta Takahashi. How, how, what did he draft? What did he, you know... Yeah.
1: How did his team or deck come to be? How did that
0: happen? And, like, yeah. how much of it... Was it at the same level of a train wreck as Seth's? Or, like... You know, there's a lot of people saying, oh, well, you should have picked this or whatever. Why like,
1: didn't he smuggle some Goldspan Dragons into his deck? And just... <laughs> <laughs> he just has call on cards. <laughs> <laughs> <Mrs>. Goldspan <laughs> Dragon, Alren's Epiphany, uh, you're dead.
0: <laughs> um, but I think uh, you
1: might have loaded your standard deck there. you know? <laughs> Yeah.
0: You know what would be kind of cool? I think it would be fun if uh, on Arena you could have a little stamp on your card. It's like, oh, you you drafted this in a tournament and you have the tournament stamp on your card and you get to. keep. Oh yeah. It. yeah,
1: Like the pro tour Grand Prix like stamp.
0: Yeah. It's like literally like a blue or purple stamp of like the date and like what it was. That would be kind of cool. Um, it harkens to like I have like a
1: thought sees or something with that oh, because so cool. they, uh, uh, I bought it. I, I didn't, yeah. oh, like I didn't do well enough in a Grand Prix to, <laughs> to get play this and Do it. Um, they were just like, yeah, nobody wants to buy it, so it was way cheaper. I was like, I don't care, I'll buy it.
0: <laughs> I think that makes it so much cooler, right? Like, yeah, where, so where like, has your... more?
1: Like, I wouldn't pay more for it. I don't think I will pay less for it, though. That's oh, that's an easy absolutely.
0: decision. <laughs> I would pay the same price, less, and maybe maybe like a little bit more. But like, yeah,
1: if it was like you know, it's like. I like this art better. It's only an extra dollar, kind of thing. Yeah,
0: I would do like, that. It's
1: in that that. Ground. I'm not spending more than five. Because I weeks. also did that with my thought seasons. Because mm-hmm. I don't like the Theros art that much, so I bought the, I paid the, the extra dollar the, for like the, the iconic master's original one, mm-hmm. but. Like original art, I mean.
0: I kind of like the Theros one where his hands are disappearing, but
1: yeah, I don't know. I think it's just because like
0: you're used to it with the.
1: I'm used to that one. The yeah. yeah, the fairies the or whatever. The fairies, because it. I'm a Yuta it. Takahashi fan. Oh, of course, so of course. Fairies player, uh, Bitter Blossom. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Knows his way around the thoughtsies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so that's what I was gonna say. Deprav tweeted out something that I agreed with. As soon as I read it, I was like, "Yeah," but they were hyping up a lot of like 17 lands data and data is great but the thing is all that data is from best of one arena it's like a completely different format exactly so instead of like saying oh this card has this win rate and this card's the best card for this archetype stuff like that his tweet was why don't they ask the players what how we got to the deck that we got and what we thought because they did ask the players what they thought of their deck at the end but like, why not have us explain how, more about our draft instead of spending all the time talking about win rates of cards from a different format?
0: Exactly, yeah, 100%. I saw that same tweet, and I yeah. commented on it, and I was like, like Please tell me about your draft. Duplass, like, I you're know. the one I yeah. want to know about the most because yours <laughs> seemed crazy, yeah. and I don't know anything about it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I am 100%. I want more draft, and I want us to practice commentating it and get better at it. Like you just have to hit it so many times until you get it right. You know, you need to just keep going. So, so I'm here for it. I want to watch all the pitfalls and all the, the peaks, but like, let's just keep working. Right. I don't want this to be like, Oh, the majority were upset by whatever. And some people were complaining about like, the games were kind of non-games because like people didn't get lands or whatever. I was like, I don't know. You're playing Magic, like that happens sometimes. There were some standard games that were like that.
1: Come on, like if that didn't happen, I'd be like, this shit's fixed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're like, oh, the shuffler's broken. If like they're not getting, yeah, you know, like you yeah, but get... like
1: real shufflers broken, exactly. not the like shuffler truthers that seem to find their way to Twitch. Um, how are the shuffler truthers watching the world championship? It, yeah. it doesn't it's, make any sense. It's ridiculous. But
0: anyway, I just. Um, I That's do, why I hate this game. It's like, why
1: are you here? I
0: kind of want to close a little bit of our, our talk on a little bit because we did go off a little bit, but it, a lot of it was like just the way that they ran things. Call and, constructive and stuff. criticism. It is all constructive criticism, really. Like, there are things that are happening that I don't agree with and I want to say why, but I like that it's happening and I want it to continue to get better. And so that's why I have yeah. very specific notes that I think should happen, change. Please, please work on this. thing.
1: So one, some things that I loved. Let's talk about some things that I loved. Okay. So, um, okay, the, there's two pods of eight. Uh, the pods got for for us, the pods got split almost perfectly. They were uh, three and five. So both pods had three of one of our players and five of the other. You know, it would suck if it was like both pods were just our teams. Mm-hmm. I know it's super unlikely but like, you know, no none of the matches really matter. We're all just going to come out with the, the same the equal wash, points. yeah. And so obviously 4 and 4 would be perfect to maximize the head to heads, mm-hmm. but uh, 3 and 5 not too shabby. And the way it worked out is both finals matches were head to heads for us. So it was Strasky versus Yoshihiko Ikawa, I believe. And then Sam Pardi versus Eli Kassis, I want to say yeah. were the two like mm-hmm. battles for 3-0 and one of our players won each of those. Exactly. So, like, Andre went 3-0 in one pod, and Sam Pardee went 3-0 and in the other. So that was, like, a super exciting start to the event.
0: And not only Spanish. that, but they were in the same colors. And that's why we were talking about yeah. Dead Guy Ale. Wow, it took us a long time yeah, to get yeah. back to the Dead Guy Ale thing, but... We got there. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> um, they were both playing uh, white-black.
1: Black-white-3-0 in both drafts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is crazy, because, you know, on my list of, like, best decks, that was, like, very... It was under at least like three you know
1: well we put it at like the third best deck in our in our breakdown something
0: like that okay second third or whatever you know third fourth. yeah yeah. so i think Mm
1: -hmm. like most people think blue black and blue white are a little like a significant margin better than black white but then comes we had black white at third and i think the community is coming is starting to agree with us that Mm -hmm. black white is the third best deck yeah
0: um, um, but they were all on
1: like green, blue and shit. We're like, no, nah, that deck's mediocre. No, nah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> like,
0: but like you shouldn't be playing magic that long. Like it's it's, yeah. it's, it's too long. And it,
1: it has to come together, right? That's the problem with mm-hmm. it. Whereas black, white, is just like, take all these good white commons and all these good black commons. And hopefully you get the other the good, good un- commons. And there you go. Exactly. One of my favorite moments was, uh, so they, they did do a draft analysis and then they would ask each player what they thought of their deck. And my favorite moment was Keisuke Sato. He had a black red deck and they were like, all right, you know, black red's not where you want to be in this format, but he got some rares. He, his deck's okay. I like it. I'm going to give him a B plus. Let's go see what he had to say about it. And then Keisuke Sato is just like, my deck is not good. <laughs> and then the camera cuts back to them. It's like, that's all he had to say about his deck. And I mean, he was right. He went 0-3 in the, in the draft. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um... <laughs> My favorite moment of the draft was um, it was Ely Kassis versus Arna Hushinbet. Now I'm rooting for Arna because she's on my team, and Ely right. is on your team, so obviously rooting for that. This is it's I, one
1: of those head-to-heads. Yeah,
0: I think this is game three of the match. So uh, they both got one and one. Ely uh, kassis is playing a Demir, and uh, Arna Hushimbet is on Gruel. So they're sitting there. And Arna's hand, uh, he starts out with uh, two forests and a bunch of red cards, but he had like one green two drop. So he's like, okay, I'll get there, you know. And the game really goes to a halt when like he just never gets a red source ever. And he, he never gets another land and he never gets another red source. So either of those things would have been fine. Like he, he could have survived on like a third green land, but like he right. just couldn't get it.
1: I've kept hands like that.
0: Exactly. And it just was like, you're getting screwed and it's just like, it's so relatable. You're like,
1: oh. You keep forest, forest and you draw a red card, red card, mm-hmm. for like red card and then maybe Three. a forest on like turn seven when you're dead. Yeah. And you're like, oh, thanks. So
0: he's never getting any of these lands, Right. And all the commentators are saying like you know, but Arna just needs to get a mountain off the top, and then we get back into it, and then like it just they are running out of things to say because there's nothing to say, right? And Ely's deck yeah. is pretty slow, and he's like slowly deploying some like larger zombies and some other shit. That's just like
1: and he's also really good at those slow incremental advantages deck, like squeeze your opponent up yeah. the game kind of things. Like,
0: but this is the moment. All right, so it's many turns where like, um ely is on like five or six lands and arna is still on two forests and has played a couple of different two uh two drops that are green and um ely plays the the three six blue zombie goliath thing that mills three cards off the top of an opponent or somebody's deck so he's deciding does he want to mill himself or does he want to mill arna and he's like deciding like, i don't know usually it's better to mill yourself but like I'm going to mill Arna. So he mills Arna. The top three oh, cards, three mountains. Specifically three mountains. And then the <laughs> next draw step, Arna draws a card. It's a red card, and it's not a mountain, and he can't play anything. And Arna's just like, what the fuck? Like, just sitting down like,
1: oh my god, what the fuck was that? you got to give the nice after that. Yeah. After he mills you and it's mountain, mountain, <laughs> mountain you got to throw it. And it was just
0: like, the most brutal thing that ever happened. And, um
1: but it's so relatable cuz that yeah. would happen to me like exactly. I feel like that happens to me you know
0: and spoiler alert my
1: opponent mills me for some inexplicable reason and it's mountain mountain,
0: mountain. yeah and you're just like <laughs> oh great those are exactly the cards i need how did you get those specifically into my graveyard this is the worst possible outcome and i like laughed out loud at how funny yeah. that was and they were both like Oh, my God. Because the game was basically over. Like, you kind of knew that, obviously, Ely's going right. to win.
1: At that point, it's just like a slap in the face. It really it's just like was. Like, in the wound. Yeah, place.
0: it's just like, fuck you. And then Arna got, like, last in the whole tournament. That's why he said top 16 earlier, because he did the right. worst. Um, yeah. uh, but glad he got there at all. But uh, he took it like a champ, and he... Uh, he ended up posting... Yeah, I'm
1: sure he's in good spirits. Oh, man. yeah,
0: of course. He posted a clip on uh, on Twitter being like, Hey, just remember that time where I got fucking milled for this? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just like tweeted back, like, Oh, that's so brutal. And then Ely Casise liked it. And I was like,
1: Yeah! <laughs> but it was Yeah, just- Ely's such a wholesome guy, too. Some of oh. his interviews during the event. Oh, like, my God. Yeah, hey, I love this guy. Yeah,
0: yeah Ely, Ely was really, really sweet. Um, of course, just about everyone is. So um, that was really... That really great, but I, I, I don't think I've ever like laughed out
1: loud that much at a magic tournament where I'm like, yeah, fuck, that sucks so much. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I feel but you. That's, that's happened to me so many times. That fucking sucks. <laughs>
0: um, but let's go into like constructed. So um, yes, coming out of uh, draft, uh, obviously everyone has differing um, records, and Sam Pardee and Andre Strasci are like the front runners. So we're mostly right. looking at them. Um, so they have
1: to play each other right out the gates, I think. Exactly.
0: And so Strosky's on the, the Is It Epiphany deck and uh, Party's on the Mono Green train.
1: I mean, Andre won kind of easily. Mm-hmm. Andre's obviously a great player, and so is Sam. But, I don't know, I think it was a little... At first sight, it wasn't so obvious how good these decks were, like how they were designed to beat Green. But after watching the matches play out, it almost felt like Green didn't have much of a chance
0: and it's also funny because like going into our draft that's kind of how i felt where i was like not that i'm a good player or anything but like Mm -hmm. i can never beat is it and if i can like literally never beat it i just it just seems especially if they're main decking
1: opposite i felt like i beat is it all the time with random green decks and in the star city games like competitive events is it had like a 40-something percent win rate and green was like 65%. Yeah. but Green was just crushing.
0: Yeah, and I think it's because not only that they were coming to this tournament knowing there's only 16 people and if green is around, I want to make sure I can crush it. But also I just think that they're more skilled and so their plays are better. Um be-
1: Certainly. It, I mean, but that's also true of the green players, right? Like you yeah. You have some of the best players in the world playing green in this event. But
0: I just think that like... I think you can do more stuff in the Is It decks skill wise. Like some of those cards, like um, Expressive Iteration, is is a skill intensive card, and there aren't as many skill intensive cards in Mono Green. Like there are a lot of skill intensive points, but like you're I think that you can skyrocket your results faster in a in a with cards in Is It Epiphany. And not as much in Mono Green. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm still not totally sure what I think um, happened here. But Mono Green got crushed at a terrible event. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, there was another big Star City event that happened, and Worlds deck lists were obviously leaked, and it was the same time as Worlds, and Mono Green crushed that again, mm-hmm. and the winner was exactly PV and Sam's list. Maybe that is maybe that is like evidence of what you're saying. We've that,
0: talked about like, how Brainstorm is a card that is really good in Master's hands and horrible in not Master's hands, right? In the hands
1: of us mortals. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and so I think there's a lot of cards that have a similar thing, which is like Memory Deluge and like your um, Expressive Iterations. Every card that's like, you have to pick cards that are going to be good for the specific moment and knowing which ones to do that. And is it is specifically difficult to play depending on which you have to pick which lands you're going to play. And in Mono Green, mm-hmm. you're only playing three different lands. And is it you're playing a bunch of different ones? It's all those micro decisions that I think it helps a lot more when you're thinking. So I'm going to specifically pick a mountain for this because I know that if I, I want to hold the mountain in my hand and I'm going to play the uh, whatever uh, flip land onto the battlefield so that if I get a snarl later, I can have it and I'll be able to keep it untapped or weird things like that, that like, I don't think about ever. So like,
1: (laughs) totally. And and like, I think a big part is, is what you were saying, right? Like this is a higher level of competition and, uh, they're going to get a bigger edge of playing a deck with all of these decisions. Like they get a, you, you know, you can leverage your play skill, More in a deck like Epiphany Mm -hmm. than you can in Mono Green, but I still think there was a bit of variance here because it's like it shouldn't be that big a delta where Mono Green just gets totally shit on, but then at the like one level lower of competition, it's it's like seventy percent win rate or yeah. Um,
0: So when we're talking about these numbers, like I
1: never saw the Mono Green deck really just come out the gates and smash, smash, smash like you know Ranger class into the Troll, into Asuka's Chariot, into like a five drop. Yeah, but and I never saw the draws that is it epiphany gets all the time in my experience where they just do kind of nothing.
0: Yeah, I also think that Jawari disruption fucking wrecked. Like,
1: dude, (laughs) I love Jawari disruption. And I've been a guy that's been like four Jwari disruptions in all my decks, all my blue decks for a long time, and I'm glad to see like it coming now that all the powerful shit has rotated. People are like, "Yeah, this card's great. It's almost as good as Sensor, and I fucking it's, love Sensor. It's
0: so. so good. It's so good. Like, watch the final match or the final matches over and over again. Jean Emmanuel, he went to the finals. Obviously, yeah. he played Yuda. Yuta got him so many times with a Jawari Disruption over and over. Where you hold two Jawari Disruptions and you play one as a land so that they play oh, into man, it and you get a, the other like, one. Oh, it, it was so... Right, we
1: need to talk about that finals matches, though, because that was so much fun to watch. Because they're both just, like, laughing yeah. and smiling. Like They're not like, oh, bullshit, he had a second, oh, he had a second of two Jawari Disruptions. Mm-hmm. Like... Jean-Emmanuel just, like, nods and laughs, gives him a nice, and he gives the thanks. Yeah, and they're, like, She's doing it like, back yeah, and forth. magic That's should be, fun. yeah.
0: You know, it was fun in the, I think there was a match with Matt Sperling, and um, he's playing against Andre Stroski. And, you know, you can tell it's a, a tense match or whatever to try to get into, like, the uh, top four, yeah. or getting close to it. And uh, Andre is sitting there and they both have played one land and Andre's trying to figure out what the second land he's going to play is and he's going through a bunch of different things and you can see that uh, (laughs) Matt Sperling is just like, (laughs) Yorgo. Just like, (laughs) what are you going to (laughs) play? Like, come
1: on. It's so funny to do that at like yeah, world. Exactly. You know, <laughs>
0: it's not like, obviously he's not spamming it like an asshole, but he just gives a of little, course, yeah. just a little dig. I
1: love, I love Matt, man. Like, oh. He's exactly. another one of those guys that's not afraid to speak his mind on Twitter and stuff. Exactly. So. It was also. And he's obviously, he just had an unbelievable season. Another mm-hmm. guy that was on the brink of a top four. So lost to his own teammate. Yeah. So. <laughs> to get in.
0: He was really close. Uh, Sam Pardee and Ely Cassis were all like in contention there at the end. So yeah. And Ely
1: had bad mm tiebreakers, so he didn't get to play a a, a tiebreaker match. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. But it was, uh, it was very uh, moist, grueling for a lot of the time. Um,
1: (laughs) Oh, I I forgot. I forgot about this. I have to tell the story. Sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. uh, So uh, like I said, I was waiting to watch the VODs later because as we mentioned last time, it was Thanksgiving weekend in Canada, so I had to go on Sunday to spend time with some family and that's you know, that's what I did. So I didn't watch and Sunday was the top four. So I didn't watch any of it. But I knew that you, whether you were watching or not, you'd be kind of following. So I was like, just don't check your Discord, get home, you can watch it, and then uh you know, maybe some of it tomorrow and then respond to his messages, you know, the next day. But I get home, and on my computer, the disc- our Discord chat was already open. Like, that was just the last thing I had used when I left. And so I see a message from you that's like, moist gruel, <laughs> triple exclamation point. And I'm like, well, fuck it. Now I know that Jean-Emmanuel Pra wins. Like, fuck. I mean, I guess that's kind of cool. But okay. Like, I guess I'll watch it. So I watched um, everything up to the grand finals. I watch and I was like, "Well, I know Jean Emmanuel wins this match because I know he wins the whole tournament." I'm like, "Okay, he beats him. He beats him." It's like, "Ah, oh, fuck, that's great. Thanks, Zach." You know, but uh. then, then I'm like, "Ah, it's it's late. I can't watch anymore. I'll save the the grand finals for tomorrow. I'll watch him beat Utah tomorrow." The next morning, or well, not really morning. Let's say after, kind of afternoonish. I was like, "Oh, I wonder if they banned Alram's Epiphany." So I go to. The wizard's website to see if there was a ban and restricted announcement and it's just like our grand uh, world champion yuda takahashi i was like how did i spoil this for myself twice <laughs> like, i managed to spoil everything somehow i was like well i know jean emmanuel wins and then right before actually watching the finals i somehow looked it up and saw that he doesn't win the finals and you must have been re- sent that message at some other point that's just yeah like- Oh, uh, I like spoiled this for oh myself no. twice somehow. I'm so
0: sorry. <laughs> That's awful. Um, no. So
1: once... I mean, it, was all, it was all like poor judgment on my part. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> I had... Um, I was also doing some family stuff that uh, that day. So I would jump in and out to see who was in the next thing. And I saw some pivotal moments while I was going through because um, i just wanted to see who was in the finals that's i just cared about who was playing and i would open up to see who's playing and then i'd close it usually because i couldn't just sit and watch because people were around me um and the only way you could know what's happening is you have to go on twitch like i can't just see it on twitter or something like the right. esports thing doesn't just like tell me what's happening um i don't know why of course but, not of course not. Ridiculous. Why, why would they do that yeah um but anyway, so I just saw that John Emmanuel had lost and was in the lower bracket and then busted his way through the lower bracket to get to finals. And so I was right. like, yeah, Boy scroll, here we go. Looking back, that must, uh, that's what I figured was
1: what you were reacting exactly.
0: to. Exactly. So I was stoked that he was getting into the finals and I was just like happy about that. And um, I think it was even further before that. I think he just beat Andre Straski and I was happy about that. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I posted that and then you weren't messaging me back, so I was like, oh, either he is busy with family or he doesn't want to know what's happening so then i was like i'm not going to say anything else because i don't want him to accidentally see me going off on yuda you know so i was like i'm not going to say anything (laughs) um and so it's hilarious to hear that you (laughs) had that reaction thinking that i spoiled it
1: for you when i was purposely trying not to spoil it for you (laughs) but then you kind of didn't and then i spoiled it for myself Oh. because I thought I already knew who the winner was so it's like there's no harm in checking the website yeah <laughs> like and i'm just gonna see sean emmanuel Dupra's face that's fine but i just want to see if they banned anything
0: and it was funny because like i had snuck away um for a second and i was like hiding in the kitchen and i had like turned it on to see what was happening and it was literally two turns before yuda wins the whole thing so i sat, i sat there and saw it in real time as yuda won and the confetti's falling on his face and he's like freaking out um, and I'm trying to explain it to, uh, my fiance's sister who's there. And I'm like, Oh, so this guy just won the world magic championship. And she's just like, what? And I was like, he just, it's, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm trying to explain to everyone, like, it was really cool. This guy, and, and he <laughs> went undefeated and everyone's like, yeah. Oh, oh oh cool all right i'm like all right
1: just put it in football terms. i tried you know, they lost their first four games and then didn't lose another game i try to
0: explain that in like golf terms and they didn't really care and yeah. i was like oh, okay well
1: whatever in any uh, other sport you guys would be raving exactly but <laughs> this one
0: don't care as much but anyway yeah
1: but one thing like if so to the listeners if you haven't seen it because one thing that kind of annoyed me was twitch chat right like mm okay. So I feel kind of bad about for Jean Emmanuel in the sense that he got some rough draws in the finals. Like he did, there were some times where he, if he could have just drawn anything a land or maybe for in four turns in one of the games, like he would have won that game. And then he ends up having to just go for something and it, and it gets fucking, uh, disruption. And he's like, well, if I draw a land at any point in this game, like I was trying to play around that, but I just couldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you got some nice straws earlier, though. But, uh, also and, and the same thing happened job. to Stroski. Stroski had... I guess I said I never saw the Izzet thing just not do its thing. And I guess I did, because that's how Stroski got eliminated. Like, the Izzet deck has a fail rate, and that's just what it was. It just mm-hmm. didn't do anything for, like, you know, three games, four games in a row. Um, but still, like, chat was like, oh... What a what an e sport in quotation marks, you know, like the Shuffler decides who wins, and I was like, Chat guaranteed, any of you in Yuta's seat lose that match mm-hmm. for sure." Like, it was still a close. I know Jean Emmanuel missed on the mat on the land like several terms in a row, but it was an insanely close game. And Yuta played perfectly to, like, squeak it out. Yeah. Despite that. There were
0: other times where, like, Yuta had mold to five, and he still squeaked out something or got really close to it. So it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it sucks sometimes. You get really bad hands, and he just didn't keep horrible ones. And it was like, you know what? I'm going to five. Even though this second hand is kind of better than the first one, but it's still bad. Like...
1: People need to understand how well you played. Like, it was unbelievable. Every game I watched, I was like, why is he doing that? And then I would figure it out and be like, oh. It's also okay, like, the, yeah.
0: f- the first thing is, I look at his hand, I'm like, okay, this is your first play. And he plays a different land right. than I would play. I'm like, how did you, why did you play that land?
1: Right. And then you're like, okay, so you play the the, the, uh, the thing in the, the egg on turn two, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, don't play it hold up to disruption because if my opponent plays Magda. I can't win. His opponent plays Magda joy disruption. So it's like, oh, oh, I probably would have lost that game. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'm thinking like, Oh, thing of the egg blocks Magda. So that's fine. And like, no, you need to make sure it doesn't make any treasures. Like
1: yeah, it doesn't block the gold span that's coming on turn three. So
0: exactly. So like, it was crazy. What I do want to say, this was a huge moment and you can find this all over the place. Cause people have made videos of it, but in the lower bracket, Andrei Strosky is playing Jean-Emmanuel Duprat. Oh and my god,
1: this was incredible. This was insane.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Strosky is down to, I don't even remember what his life total was, but very, very low. And it's basically an all-out attack, um, lethal attack from... He's uh, dead on board. Basically. Dead on board from Duprat, and uh, Andre has a couple blockers and a couple different things in his hand. He has a flipped Ashmouth Dragon. They can ping mm-hmm. things, or uh, sorry, it can uh, shock things whenever you play creatures, or sorry, spells. So in his hand, he basically has, it, it's almost like he has four mana, or a little bit more, but.
1: He has four mana. Yeah,
0: he, he has four mana, he can divide by zero something. And basically he's trying to find his out in the match. Or in the game. Like, he
1: needs to kill, like, three attackers to survive. Basically. So, divide by zero, or four, I think. Yeah. And divide by zero takes care of two, because it bounces one, and it shocks another from the other. Because
0: a lot of them are two, uh, they're two-two cats, basically. So, he Mm. decides that he's like, all right, I'm going to divide by zero. Uh, When I learn, instead of going to my um, sideboard, I'm going to discard a card from my hand and draw a card. Because that's an ability you can do when you learn, which is something which I always forget always forget (laughs) so you have to go to your hand he discards a card and the only mana he left up was one red source and he had looked in his graveyard Mm -hmm. to be like what do I have left and the only cards he can cast are either Fading Hope or Spikefield Hazard and so he's like alright well Fading Hopes are in my graveyard I think I have one more Spikefield or he knows I have one more Spikefield I think
1: he had he had one more hazard or he had two more hazards and one hope I think or in his deck yeah
0: so he's like, well, might as well go for the Spike Field Hazard. And then he draws off the top of the deck a Spike Field Hazard. And he fucking yeah. slams that. And Jean-Emmanuel is like, What the fuck? And, and like yeah. through all of it happening, it ended up being like Jean-Emmanuel had this huge board, and at the end, it was just like one of the storm seekers left. And that was it. Yeah. And it was the most ridiculous thing. It was one of those crazy plays, and the, people have been showing it as like, "Oh, this is the slamming." Uh, what is it, Gabe Nassif putting out his lands and, and uh, playing? Right, um, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it's uh, as close as you can get to that. Yeah, right? yeah he's playing. Because both players knew what was happening there. Yeah, like that's the thing that I loved about it is Jean-Emmanuel's face. It's like he, I think he was even kind, like kind of doing the crossing fingers mm-hmm. thing because he knows, like, all right, you're telling me. You would only make this play if you're trying to top deck one of your two copies of this exact card. Mm-hmm. And so after he played it, John Emmanuel had a big smile too. It's like, obviously, what what the hell? But like, big smile, like, yeah, you made the right play and you, you got rewarded for it, you know?
0: Yeah. And it was crazy. It was It was really crazy um yeah just go back and watch it because it's it is it's oh, a
1: great moment and, and yeah. andre's pumped about it obviously it, it's
0: the kind of thing that would go down if if he had went on to win everything it would have been the moment that was like this was the moment for sure
1: exactly you know and they say that all the time in sports right like if this game turns around remember back to this moment
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so that would have been it um instead it's just it's the and like that that's a really wonderful moment but like this tournament is going to be we're going to remember it as you to Takahashi 7-0-ing yeah after 0-3-ing and then never missing a match in the top yeah finals. He, he went zero
1: three eleven zero 3 yeah in matches so
0: and <laughs> and him like and his heartfelt like he plays with his heart and his soul is what he plays with right and you can see it on his face and yeah. the way that he reacts and the decks that he brings to the game. so
1: Yeah, he loves those tempo decks. You know, they call him the King of Fairies. Might have to call him the King of Dragons now. Exactly. But, uh, I don't know if that's a Game of Thrones thing or something. but yeah, I don't so.
0: know. Maybe, but in either case...
1: I hope I hope his card is a fairy with his face. That yeah?
0: That I hope he's a <laughs> king. That's what I hope.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, one thing I wanted to say, though, is like about... Jean-Emmanuel de Praze deck, mm-hmm. they, they kind of made this narrative about it that he was like, I don't understand why I'm the only one playing Gruul. Mm-hmm. Like, these are all the best cards from last Standard Season. We're still allowed to play them, and they're still awesome. And I was a bit dubious of that. But then after watching him play, I was like, oh, the reason Gruul does, and it's what you were alluding to earlier, the reason Gruul does so poorly in less competitive events is because you're we're not as good as Sean Emanuel is. Like, holy fuck, did he play well? He would play against like you know he played against Sam Party so many times. He would be like sitting there mapping out the next three turns of how combat's gonna go, and he would exactly kill Sam with his life total at one. And you're just like, what how the fuck were you able to to do that? Like he was just completely masterful in his play of that deck it was like always on the razor thin margin and he would figure out exactly what to do to kind of get it just just over the finish line uh, without dying himself and so john emmanuel's matches against sam were some of my favorite from the tournament because it was like just razor thin combat edges, and you know, I like that kind of stuff. You know, oh, I, like, yeah. I love Corset Limited when everyone has a bunch of 2 twos and you gotta figure out how to kind of squeeze it through.
0: And yeah, Jean Emmanuel was crazy. But also, um, we have a quickly as we, we finish this up, but um, if you go to yeah. NTG Data, they have a breakdown of the uh, percentages oh, yeah. this of is how a, a dex went in the World Championship um notably obviously it's hilarious because is it dragons was brought by one player and it got 100% you, yatta yatta which is crazy because we've looked at a lot of these throughout different tournaments and we've never seen 100% before so it's, I don't
1: think I've ever seen anything above 70
0: yeah and like after that the best deck is gruul Aggro, which is the other final deck
1: yeah, but de was
0: who went 0 3 <laughs> against Is It Dragons, which means that, like, yeah, these of these it matches, was, like, his games against you, his matches against you, every U- time he played <laughs> Yuda, he lost. Um, and that's true. Um, but then it tr- significantly dropped. So Gruel Agro got 62.5 percent, and then we go to uh Grixis Turns, which is the Grixis Epiphany deck we're talking about, which is a 56 percent. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Not amazing, but everything else is less like below fifty percent. And you know, Ma Green Aggro just sitting there at the bottom at twenty-six point
1: three. Rough event Yuck. for that. Yeah. Yuck. You talk about the Is it Dragons row of straight hundreds? I love the Is it Dragons column of everyone was zero percent against is it Yeah. Dragons. Just think that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: just like nope, everyone lost Sucks. Like, you can't beat Is it Dragons. No, right? apparently. <laughs> if Yuta Takahashi is playing it um, you know, what's really fun right now is that standard is filled with world championship decks and a totally. bunch of people who don't know how to play them. And you can just
1: wreck people because they have no idea what's going on. Like, so I've been playing rogues, uh, which is great. Really? And I know I've built a rogue deck. The thing is you got to lean into, it used to be like, I might mill you out. I might attack you. Mm-hmm. You don't know. No, now you got to kill them with damage every time yeah. because, Um, You just don't have the payoffs for milling that you used to. So you can't justify Ruin Crab with no Fabled Passage. And you're not going to play fucking Evolving Wilds. Are you kidding? (laughs) Um, But it's just like a kind of control aggro deck. Uh, And you have the the werewolf. It's like a rogue werewolf that... uh, when it hits them, it loots. But if you flip it, when it hits right. them, it draws the a card. blue one That's that turns road. into
0: a green one. Yeah.
1: Uh, and I've been having a lot of fun with it, but I, I think I'm like five and zero. Oh, but I've played against uh, is it turns, is it dragons, is it turns again, mono green, and then Grixis. So yes. it's like I'm just playing against world decks here. Yeah. And the guy who played dragons, his username was King of Dragons. So I'm pretty sure it was Yuta Takahashi. Oh, yeah, I'm like his one standard loss this this month.
0: I'm sure. I'm that, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, who else could it be? Yuta is the king of dragons.
0: Or so. it could be a new player who n- doesn't know what's happening. At
1: all. No, I'm pretty sure.
0: What rank are you at? <laughs> Out of, uh... It's uh, it's it's gold. Gold. Oh wow! Wow, I'm gold. I'm
1: platinum. Gold right one. Now.
0: Yuck. <laughs> Get, get out fighting
1: my way up just kidding just kidding <laughs>
0: you being a uh, it's fine to be whatever rank you are um before so we... i'm
1: pretty sure yuda made a new account and is fighting his way There's up no way. and then no. i beat him that's the only possible explanation they give
0: yuda just like a mythic account every season because he is the world champion and he gets i
1: did think it was surprising when yuta tried to draw a disruption my spell when i had a mana open uh, it's not a play he would usually make, but, yeah. you know, he did he did go for it in this situation. It's
0: worth it to get rid of that extra mana because, you know, you could play a one-drop or something. So you might, exactly. might as well make yeah. sure. could
1: have flashed in a one-drop on his end step, yeah. yeah.
0: You, well, that is a thing in that deck, actually, to I be fair, play, so. I might have considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do hope that the card that Yuta makes is called Yatta! And then... Uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like a an is it spell or something uh that would be pretty great um yeah jeff let's uh it's time to finish this off i think um do we have any last yeah. last thoughts about uh, what's going on what happened uh i feel like i had something but i kind of lost it
1: i think my only last thoughts are just that uh i freaking loved this tournament the top four was four different decks two of which were epiphany decks um, or sorry, two, three of which I guess, but two of which were turns decks mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call them. And they did not win. Yeah. Oh, that's the last thing I wanted to say. So, um, I've been saying for a while that the, and, and we've been kind of talking about this, the three best cards in the format, is kind of like the, the big three from Kaldheim. It's, it's, uh, Goldspan Dragon, the Chariot and Auron's Epiphany. And it's like no secret that these are the just the three best cards in the format. Um, you know, Goldspan Dragon kind of went downhill for a while, but that's because everyone was playing Ren and Seven, and there wasn't a lot of Ren and Seven in this event, so Goldspan did very well. But I noticed that uh, the two finalists were the people that decided to play two of those three cards rather than just one. That's I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we had the Asika's Chariot Goldspan Dragon versus the Goldspan Dragon Auron's
0: Epiphany. Epiphany i mean like yuda's uh, that's some pro deck building. <laughs> that's true i mean like after sideboards yuda was like goodbye to owen's epiphany and we're going straight yeah. into goldspan and,
1: and after sideboard some of the decks brought in goldspan dragon. exactly
0: so but. i was getting that goldspan dragon is just the best card and like why would you play you know? well
1: that's what we thought coming into the format we're like goldspan dragon's gonna be the best card And then it was like, oh, I guess it's Sika's Chariot. Oh, no, wait, I guess it's Auron's Epiphany. And then these people are like, no, it's still Goldsman.
0: Yeah, and that's (laughs) how I feel right now. It's Goldsman Dragon.
1: But then people are going to bring more Ren and Sevens, and Goldsman does suck against Ren and Seven. You just can't attack into the token.
0: That is true. So um, until we get another... I mean, Fading Hope is still good against the token, but until we get more cards, um, hopefully the Crimson Vow will destroy all tokens. So... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and help out the gold spend dragons but we will uh find that out in november uh whenever that comes out <sighs> but for now i think it's last call jeff it's, we got to wrap it up
1: last call yeah
0: jeff you ready for last call ready for oh, this i'm ready
1: all right i'm ready for the big reveal
0: here we go three two one that's right dead and dead
1: yep <laughs> So we both selected dead and dead.
0: That's right. 9.5. Fucking get wrecked.
1: <laughs> this the the modern deck, like the modern day card level quality equivalent to the old dead guy ale decks. You know?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Like, <laughs> hey, that one used to be good, but this one's good now. Jeez. Yeah, it's
1: just like twice as strong.
0: Beers. We rate them. Yes. On a scale of bronze to mythic. Oh, just like the the tiers in arena, isn't that fun? Yeah, it's nice. Um, just a reminder that uh, when we rate beers, uh, that we're not talking about the tiers you're actually in. So don't be offended by any of the things that we say about the specific tiers. However, bronze yeah. beers are trash; they're the worst. Um, you literally won't finish them; they'll just sit on the table
1: and get more. <laughs> yeah, the relation to the arena tiers is supposed to be cute and not uh, indicative of anything. Yeah. That being said, silver. Basically, they don't have a whole lot going on. They're pretty boring.
0: Yeah. Gold is fine, but you won't really think about it or drink
1: it again. Platinum. Solid. And you, you'll you drink this again. Yeah.
0: Diamond is, these are exceptional, and you'll recommend this to your friends.
1: Yeah. And then Mythic. Best of the best. Well, yeah. Maybe we'll have to add in a uh, Yuna Takahashi level but for now (laughs) mythic is the highest we got and you would recommend this beer to anyone who will listen you will go up to a stranger in the store who even glanced at it and you'll say you should glance at that again
0: yeah and the last tier is yatta that's the last one (laughs) (laughs) and uh, that means that yuda drinks this beer and um, you are not worthy to drink it so uh, please just send it to him uh, our new world champion and we will stop talking about Paolo and we're going to talk about Yuta from now on. It's
1: true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Basically. Paolo had a good run. Great job. Um, see you later. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about dead and dead. This, uh, rogue beer, um, that is their, like, I'm not going to say upgraded dead guy ale, but like intensified dead guy ale.
1: Yeah. It's their, It's their fancy version, right? Mm -hmm. It's aged in uh, these oak uh, chips to Mm -hmm. give it that flavor, which I definitely get coming through. For sure. The vanilla, it says somewhere on the can that there's vanilla. I definitely get that too. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I don't know. I think it's just really, it's really nice. It's malty. I, I've had dead guy ale, but I think it was a really long time ago. So I don't really remember what it tastes like without these enhancements.
0: Same. I, I've also had dead guy ale a long time ago, so I don't really remember.
1: Uh, but this, this beer is delicious.
0: Oh, it's great. Like it's really, um, alcohol forward for sure. But like, yeah, not. at first I was a little worried that it was going to be too alcoholy. But then, like as I started settling into it, and the alcohol started getting me, um, right. oh, it's nice. It's real nice. Yeah, I think this beer is great. It says that it mm-hmm. pairs well with coconut shrimp, ribeye, and chocolate souffle, and um, those all sound delicious right now. It's uh, yeah, be nice I'm and here t- for that. toasty, and I'm I'm hungry for those things. I like this. I'm gonna give this a diamond.
1: Yeah, I mean that's exactly what I was thinking too. Mm-hmm. This is like solidly diamond too i don't think it's even the platinum diamond border no as soon as i took the sip of this you know the the second round uh, i was just like yeah that's diamond for yeah, sure this is a good one
0: <laughs> this is one where we're like oh oh we could grab a couple of these yeah this is this is good let's let's do totally. this one so it is for special occasions because it's 9.5 so um right. watch out you can't just drink this on a, a random wednesday like we are right now but uh <laughs> yeah that would be crazy oh uh, so weird um but yeah i definitely uh definitely pick this one up it's uh it's this great. isn't a beer
1: you drink during the world championship you know it's maybe a beer you drink after the world championship
0: exactly this is the one that you celebrate your victory or your your right. uh, picks victory um yeah. or this is the one you drink while it's during uh, the commentary that you wish was better <laughs> Sorry. Shots fired. Um they
1: have been <clears throat> fired. I mean we fired them earlier. So we okay. did.
0: We did a bit. Um but yeah, sweet. This I I just love it, and um I don't have a lot else to say besides you should try it for yourself. So I think we can move on to the 20 hazy years. The uh, New England IPA from Black
1: Oak. Uh yeah, I mean I'm glad I picked this one up. It is it, it, like, delivered on um, the promise to me of, okay, a nice malt forward, but you still have that creaminess, kind of a little bit of sweetness from the lactose. And it's a New England-style IPA. Um, this one, for me, just kind of suffered from being up against a really strong opponent. Yeah.
0: Um, I think so, too. I also thought that it had some—my can had some, like, floaties, which I don't know where from— uh, like, there is some sediment sometimes in, in IPAs yeah. and things. This one had lots of sediment and some... I think some of the um, lactose may have still been kind of in flake-ish form. Um, so, it did not necessarily look as, like...
1: Interesting. As, mine, was, mine was pretty crisp.
0: Really? Interesting. Yeah. Because um, I, I poured it and looked at it immediately and I was like, oh, there's, like, like mm-hmm. things in it. Debris. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, that was not as advertising, but it never... Like, I'm still going to drink it. Like, it doesn't make, it's not a huge problem. It's just like not my favorite thing yeah. to see. Um, but as far as the taste goes, like, it was a good New England IPA, very smooth. I, I, I mm-hmm. agree with that. It, the lactose did exactly what you said. It was very smooth and um, creamy and uh, full bodied.
1: So, where to rate it? I mean, it's hard for me to, to give this diamond. So, I guess for me, it's just kind of platinum. Yeah. I would drink this again. Yeah, I think this qual- kind of qualifies as platinum for me.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, without the floaties, it's definitely platinum. <laughs> I think the floaties <laughs> the only thing that was like iffy with me. Um, yeah, but that's as fair. far as the taste was like still strong. So like I did like it quite a bit. Um, there wasn't anything as far as the taste went that I was like off about. So maybe I just had like a weird can. Maybe it was kind of closer to the bottom and Um, if I open another one, it won't be as uh, much like that. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I'm good with platinum.
1: I think it's kind of funny because when I drank it, I was like, oh, you know, this is pretty good and it's what I wanted, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I read Oat and Lactose New England IPA, like this is what I imagined and this is a good version of it. Mine had no floaties. Mm -hmm. Of course, I wasn't really thinking about that at the time. Um, but I was like, oh, maybe this is like, maybe platinum, maybe diamond, you know, pretty good. And then I had the next beer, which was like solidly, obviously diamond. And I was like, oh, the, the other one's not diamond. Yeah. Different. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah. The other one's like, oh, this is solid. Like, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't, don't. Think it's, it's a good,
1: it's a good beer. Yeah. Like platinums mm-hmm. are good beers.
0: Yeah. Platinums are good beers. You were, you know, like very good. I think we do get into like, sometimes we can be a bit harsh um mm-hmm. oh, or sorry sometimes i can be a bit harsh i think you are not as harsh as i am on on the beers so uh so yeah i think uh i think you're right the uh, diamond platinum good round of beers this week it's great i loved it
1: yeah yeah i felt that as soon as i drank both of them i was like all right solid uh-huh. week yeah you know, yeah, We're really good have week. some strong ratings
0: i knew going in that i would like rogue because rogue is i think i've liked all their stuff um so i want more of their mm-hmm. things I want to be able to have access to it
1: because we can't find as much up here. So,
0: um,
1: hey, pretty much I've had Dead Guy Ale and I bought it because I knew about the like Legacy Deck mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, it's actually really good. And then that's the only Rogue I've tried mm-hmm. other than this, and it's been years since I even yeah. had that. So
0: their oatmeal stouts were great. Their brown ales were great.
1: They had a bunch oh, of stuff. Oh man, that oh. sounds dope. It
0: was delicious. I I love that place, um, but. Speaking of beers and and rogue beers, if you ever wanna send us a beer, um, you can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram because we're going to closing time is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say we're going to close Yeah. Time.
1: And um if you see us on MTG Arena, our username would be Arena Regulars podcast, you can think, Hey, I'm gonna go to Twitter and Instagram and I'm gonna figure out how to send them a beer. That'd be great. Yeah.
0: We like yeah. uh we like beer, obviously. It'd be um, a
1: nice consolation prize for our crushing defeat at your hands.
0: Yeah, because you're so strong, um, and you—you you, honestly. Although I
1: did beat Yuta Takahashi earlier today, so I guess. No,
0: you you, you know, beat. I'm, I'm really the world champion. You beat the so. king of dragons, right? That's yeah, which,
1: which is definitely definitely Yuta. I thought
0: Yuta was the king of fairies, or just the. Is king. it not
1: like? Is his handle not like king of dragons? Like. XXX X, X underscore o 09 or whatever. <laughs> Definitely not. 100%. Pretty sure. It's Pretty not. sure. <laughs> because it would
0: probably be like, what, 98 or 99 if it was anything, you know, When he, whenever he starts playing magic. Back oh my America. God,
1: are you insinuating that I beat a 12 year old? I mean, because I'll take it. You know, those kids need to learn some manners. They get
0: a, They got to give out some wins. You know, to to their to yeah. to people. Like I gave out a ton of wins whenever I go to F and M. So, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, know. I
1: still give out wins on Arena all the time.
0: Oh yeah, but it's usually because I'm drinking, dead and dead from Rogue because I'm <laughs> fucking trashed. Anyway. Um, <laughs> My, uh, if you want to talk to me personally about how I swear too much, you can find me at Zulberg. That's Z U L B E R G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you?
1: Uh, hold on, that was too fast. I need to write that down. How do I, how do I contact you about swearing too much?
0: Z, E U L B E R G.
1: Yeah. Okay. I didn't understand the first letter though. What was that?
0: Z, like it's it's like an S, but it's sharper.
1: Oh, okay zed no gotcha. no it's a z like dragon ball said
0: no 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 one yeah. says that it's dragon ball z <laughs> anyways
1: my uh twitter is uh blues Brews mtg spelled like it sounds with no uh no crazy zeds in there
0: oh interesting i see that your uh your your twitter and instagram handle is uh you know it's off of that new uh, trend with uh, steve from blues clues coming back <laughs> And making yeah i'm actually good. actually predate
1: that but thank you for noticing
0: oh i that, just want to that
1: it was it was actually a joke about blues clues i it see was before it was cool yeah
0: yeah but blues clues aired like a long time ago so like i'm pretty sure it was always cool
1: like, nope i had it first
0: mm, before blues clues before <laughs> yep. mail time i'm pretty sure <laughs> i knew about mail time and the salt and peppers <laughs> i'm and sticking
1: olive. to this story
0: Okay, well, uh, I think you're wrong. But anyway, um, if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, anywhere that you are listening to us right now, whether it be in the United States, Canada, or Poland, uh, we would love, love to... uh, Or Spain, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Um, Please, just like, you know, leave us a review, hit us up. Uh, We'd love to talk to you, and I hope you'd Mm -hmm. also want to talk to us. Um, We're probably not sober whenever you talk to us. So.
1: Uh, <laughs> but I mean, we haven't done any Polish or Spanish beers yet. So
0: that's true. Uh, if you ever actually, that's what we really want to say. If you have Polish or Spanish beer recommendations, we would love to hear them or find them uh, if we can. Yeah. Uh, Cause um, you know, we need to broaden our horizons. We'd love to hear what you got to say. This has been the arena regulars
1: reminding you that your current world champion is Utah Takahashi. Good night.
0: <sighs> All right, that's fine.